This is Germ Warfare, the battle of ideas. I'm going to talk about something real serious today. And uh, this is a brand new announcement. I'm filing papers in federal court today. So you guys are the first to hear. And yeah, go ahead and post it. It'll be censored in about six seconds. But here's what I'm going to say to those that are going to censor this. Google, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Let me tell you what I'm going to say. You are complicit in causing death. And I cannot wait to sue you over and over again. So ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you what a woman who has incredible courage, who we're calling Jane Doe for right now, she gave me some information. She's an insider. She's a whistleblower. We're submitting to federal court today based on a sworn declaration. Under threat of perjury, this woman attested to this, and she's an expert. We know, based on what she said, that there have been at least 45,000 deaths from this vaccine. I'm going to tell you what I know. I know, based on this woman's testimony, because she has seen the inside of the systems, that there have been 45,000 deaths based on how many people died within three days of the vaccine in just one system that's reporting to the federal government. My name is Germ. This is Germ Warfare, the Battle of Ideas. Thomas, when you see that clip, still, do you get worked up? Do you get fired up? Well, you know what? I never watch myself, and that's actually the first time I've ever seen it. Um, oh. So that's, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I've got this thing. I just don't ever watch myself. When I do a speech or when I do, you know, something on air, I kind of feel mm. like it either went good or went bad. And, uh, but I never watch it because I just, I don't know. I, I just, I don't feel like I'm a big shot or like, I, I don't feel like I should be on TV. I don't know. I can't figure out mm. why it is that everybody cares what I have to say so much. So it's kind of, when I watch myself, I get a little embarrassed, but, uh, uh, you know, I, it doesn't matter. You just got to, we're here to fight. We're here to keep people safe. We're here to promote truth. And, uh, I guess this is a good clip. It's the first time I've seen it. I, I, I'm kind of <laughs> taken aback by it, to be honest. Well, I was definitely clip... fired up that day. I'll tell you that. Well, I was downright mad. And I started fighting this. I mean, the first thing I, first client I started serving was actually during the initial lockdown, like within the two weeks where everybody was told they had to stay in their house in the United States. So I started following the disease in January of 2020. Um, I'm just nerdy and into that sort of thing. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I was watching this and it didn't make any sense and, and fought on. And so I started right away. And we started out, we were fighting against the lockdowns because in, under U.S. law, I mean, what they did was completely unconstitutional. And more importantly, it was unjustified because, I mean, they were lying about the disease. The disease, I mean, we've known from the beginning, it really isn't much more dangerous than the seasonal flu. And in fact, most of the deaths, I would say probably in the vicinity of, 
and we're, I'm kind of guesstimating here, uh, so I don't have hard evidence on this, but I do know that at least 250,000 plus deaths in the United States were flu pneumonia deaths that were categorized as COVID deaths. So my guess would be that in the vicinity of 50 plus percent of the deaths from this in the U.S. were people who had the flu and weren't treated for it because they didn't want to bother treating anyone for the flu because they made more money for calling it mm. COVID. Um, so, you know, very preventable. And that's happened globally. If you get a, if you get the flu, they call it COVID. They don't treat you or they give you something horrible like remdesivir, uh, which, you know, as you well know from Africa, uh, remdesivir was, you know, they studied it in Africa and actually stopped the studies because too many people were dying from it. Um, you know, they always seem to experiment on the African people. I, mm -hmm. I you know, I think there's got to be some sort of a racist component to this. Um, but, it, you know, it's horrible. So we know and knew that this just wasn't as bad. So we started fighting the lockdowns and then I wasn't anti-vax. Um, my family's vaccinated right up. We don't have the COVID vaccine. We'll never have the COVID vaccine. I will never, ever, ever let my children get the COVID vaccine. Yeah. But we didn't have an mm -hmm. issue with vaccination. I didn't know there was an issue. In fact, two years ago, I just said anybody, these were like crazy anti-vaxxer people. I was wrong. Um, mm. I guess I should have listened to them earlier, but... You know, so even when the vaccine came out at first, I, it took me a little while to really understand what was happening. But I was suspicious because they lied so bad about the lockdowns. Yeah. And so, you know, I looked at it and this vaccine is just terribly dangerous. It's not at all what they said. It's not a vaccine. It's gene therapy. It's a it's a, a horrible, monstrous. I don't even know what to call it. But uh, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're we're suing everybody over everything. So. A lot of this is, you know, naturally it's based on U.S. law, but some of this is internationally valid, right? So Nuremberg uh, was codified under U.S. law under 45 CFR 46. It's basically it's a part of U.S. law indirectly, right? So one of the things that you got to have under U.S. law is you've got to do a balancing test for for a drug like this to be authorized. You got to say is the drug uh, more valuable than it is dangerous given the, the situation. And in this case, it's clearly not. So for people under 30, even in the U.S., you've got to understand every cites the U.S. statistics, but you've got to also understand that the Department of Health and Human Services in the United States, they're corrupt. Uh, these people, they co-own the, uh, the Moderna patents on the uh, vaccine. So they're making money off of this, yet they're the one who everybody's statistics, you know, they're using it, right? Mm. Um, so you, you trust me when I say don't believe the American statistics. But that aside, uh, you, the thing about this is, is that these vaccines, if you're under 30, even if I use the corrupt American statistics, if you're under 30 years of age, you have 0% statistical risk of death from COVID. Zero. So... The vaccine, I actually had my, my statistician people do some, some math for me. And it turned out that if you're under 30 years old, the vaccine is actually more deadly than the disease. Um, so, you know, there's that. But, you know, the thing about this is, is that, now granted, it's not more deadly in someone who's 85 years old, but, you know, if you're under 30, maybe you shouldn't be taking it. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's just a mathematical fact. So 
you know, we see it's killed 45,000. Well, my statisticians has since told me that it's quite a bit higher. Yeah. We're working on the actual number, but we know it's higher than 45,000. So there's a lot of things occurring that are just they're just outright lies. Um, and that waiting thing is something that I think is a global issue. You've got to ask yourself, you know, we're, we're all taking this experimental vaccine with no long-term studies to yeah. show its safety or efficacy. Is it something that we should be forced to take? And then the other thing that I think that, that's really a big part of that case that applies globally and stems really from the principles of Nuremberg and from a lot of the international humanitarian treaties uh, is the, the concept of informed consent, right? There is no informed consent. There can't be informed consent because we don't. there were no long-term studies. It's a new type of vaccine. Uh, even the makers have acknowledged that they're gene therapies. They've tried to cover that up, but they, it was acknowledged particularly the Moderna vaccine. There's no, we just don't know what's going to happen. So how can you have informed consent? What, the, the only way you can give informed consent is to say to someone, hey, uh, just try this out. We don't really know what it's going to do to you, but try it out anyways. I mean, you know, that's the truth. Uh, they would have to also to give informed consent, they would have to talk about the serious risk of death. Well, to do that, they would have to make public. In the United States, our government has 12 mechanisms by which it's collecting data on the danger of the vaccines and their efficacy and, and those sorts of things. They're, they're not making any of them public except for one, which is the VAERS data, which is an optional self-reporting. So all of the, the systems that are actually giving good data, they're hiding. Why would you hide it if you don't have anything to hide? We know in Israel and the UK, we're seeing roughly 60 to 90% failure rates on the vaccine. And we just had reports come from Israel saying that 95% of the people hospitalized with serious illness mm. are vaccinated. So we're getting lies everywhere in that informed consent thing. You can't give informed consent if you don't know the dangers. And since they're lying about the dangers, there is no informed consent. This is a violation of Nuremberg. It's a violation of laws that are found in many, many countries around the world. And it's, it's truly an international humanitarian crime you you representing i think it is frontline doctors is that right so in yeah in that lawsuit i'm filing uh the lawsuit where we're talking about the 45,000 mm. deaths is america's frontline doctors we have other suits from make americans free again and also from uh the ohio stands up group and i have all sorts of suits in all sorts of places but yeah that one is from america's frontline doctors how confident are you well, I'm absolutely confident in my facts. I'm also quite confident in the law, but you know, you can know the law and you can be right about the law and still not see success in the courts. Okay, so there's a lot that goes mm. into it and there's a lot of procedural hurdles, particularly in this. I mean, they've, they've built in a lot of procedural hurdles. So we're gonna see what happens. Um, I have a lot of cases and because I have so many of them, some I'm very confident in, uh, very, very confident. The lockdown cases, I'm, I'm very confident in. Uh, the facts and the science and the law on the emergency use authorization case, I'm very confident in. Um, we just gotta make sure that the court understands that we, do have, that we have the procedural right to bring that case and that we can, uh, can argue it before the courts. If we're able to do that, I don't think there'll be an issue with the case. With regards to the 45,000 one, that's essentially numbers that have been fudged. 
they've lied about there be about there being less than that. Now we don't know how mm. many total because the, the yeah. that that data came and was based on an analysis from a single system. Okay, it was it was it was based on this single system that this whistleblower had access to, and I can't say which one because I don't want to give away anything mm. about this whistleblower. She's just that you know they would retaliate on her very badly. So um, she has access to one system. Like I said, in the U.S., there's at least 12 systems. So we know mm. that there are all these other systems and all these other ways. We ran very conservative numbers. We were very, very conservative in this. And all the people who are doing science on this and doing statistics on this say that the number is a lot higher. So why do you think they, they are fighting us people like you so so heavily so i have two two answers one is i'm a christian and i believe very strongly in my faith i believe this is a fight for good and evil i do but i think also i think that the more worldly answer is this is a war against freedom and the free people of this world if you can control people's health you control everything and if they can mandate vaccines if they can mandate medicine, if they can mandate treatment, then they control everything. Everything. I mean, you know, well, you know, when do we say, if I can mandate a vaccine, perhaps, why can't I mandate euthanasia? Why can't I mandate, I mean, it's particularly a vaccine that could kill you. Why can't I mandate other treatments? Um, if you have a mental health issue or someone says you have a mental health issue, why can't I mandate a, uh, an antipsychotic or some other drug? You know, we either have control of our own bodies and our own health, or we have no control of anything. The ultimate, there, there are two areas that freedom comes from. One is control of our body. Two is control of our soul or mind, right? In America, we have the First Amendment that allows for free speech, free religion, and basically control of your own mind and your own thoughts. The other th the thing that wasn't ever written in our Constitution, but has been ruled to be a part of our Constitution, because they didn't write it because they didn't need to. They just mm -hmm. assumed that, they, that people understood that freedom means freedom, um, is control of our bodies. Yeah. You can't tell me I have to take a medicine or a drug. And that's just, that's inherent to freedom. Uh, if you can, I have no freedom. There's a comment. There's a comment here that says um, it, it, also if you control the food sources. Yes. Well, and they're trying to, right? I mean, we see them buying up the food sources around the world. Uh, I, I'm aware of issues where they're trying to create bottlenecks in the supply chain. Um, yeah. So I mean, listen. This isn't. This isn't a. Uh, if you're paying attention, you'll find. And you know, I don't say it unless I've got evidence. But I mean, all of the essential things in life, there's a group of people that are trying to get control of those. Food, medicine, money, all the things that you have to have to have a functional society. And so, you know, the question is, are we the people going to stand up and say no, or are we going to allow it to happen? And you know, one of the things that very few people understand is that socialism, communism, they're just another form of slavery. Yeah. Instead of being enslaved to a person, you're enslaved to a government. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think particularly coming from South Africa, I think that's a very important thing. Mm. The people of South Africa were abused under apartheid for so many, for so long. Well, 
you're going to be resubjugating yourselves. You're going to be subjugating yourself instead of to a people or a person, you're going to be subjugating yourself to a government or a company. And it doesn't matter who you're subjugating yourself to, you're still not free. I find it so strange that, that you have to go the legal route to fight something that is so self-evidently wrong. I agree. So I want to I share something. I think this is really important, and I share this as often as I can. So, you know, we've got my clips and the fact that I fight and what I've done and what I'm doing, and, you know, that's kind of all running all over the place, and people are hearing my name and this, that, and other. So let me tell you who I am. I am an attorney from a small town in the state of Ohio in the United States. Until a few months ago, I answered my own phone. Uh, I've got a wife, I've got two children. I'm not a rich man, I'm not a powerful man, I'm just a regular guy. Um, you know, I, I just do regular things. I, I take my children to the park, I play outside with them. Uh, when I had time, I did anyways. And now all I do is fight bad guys, but um, I'm not special is the important thing here. And I want people to hear that, okay? I think that's so important. If there's one thing I can convey to everybody, it's it's my regularity. I'm just normal. I'm just mm -hmm. a regular dad and a husband and guy. And I want you to, I, want, I bring that up in response to your question because of this. The reason you've heard of me and the reason anybody's heard of me is because I'm fighting, because I'm not willing to, to give. I'm not willing to say, whatever, I'll just take the vaccine. I'm not. My family will not do this. They won't. And what I'm doing is I want to challenge other people to do the same. You don't have to be special. I'm not. I'm not. From my little office in Ohio, I'm now being interviewed in South Africa. I've been interviewed all over the world. Uh, I'm fighting against the most powerful people in the world. Why? Well, because God has had my back and because I've been willing to stand for something, not because I'm special, not because I'm powerful, but because mm -hmm. I'm not willing to subjugate myself or my family. We will be free. My family will be free. We will not subjugate ourselves. I don't care what they do. My freedom and my family's freedom is more important than anything. And I'm sorry, we will not trade our health or our freedom for convenience or anything else. And that's what we're doing. And that's what I want the people to hear. And that's what I'm asking everybody in this world to do. Don't trade your freedom. Don't trade your health. Don't trade your autonomy. Don't. Just don't give it away. That's what you have to do. And if you won't stand at this time in our world for this issue, mm. when will you stand? This is your family's health and your personal freedom and bodily autonomy. If you won't stand for that, what are you going to stand for? You know, one of the things that we did is we knew going into this. Mm. I mean, in the first case that I wrote, I had an attorney that was helping me, and that was that was it. Um, to say David and Goliath is an understatement. Now, <laughs> I have quite the team and a lot of good people helping me and you know they carry they'll carry on the work with or without me but it's still even with this team even with all of these people it's david and goliath mm. it's it's beyond david and goliath but you're right 
you're right. Um, I've already, I'm already winning because I'm, I'm reminding people that yeah. they have the capacity to be free, that they have the obligation to fight for their freedom, that they have the obligation to stand for their families and to stand for what's right, that we will not accept apartheid any longer. We will not accept subjugation. We, the free people of this world, will maintain our freedom. We will fight for our freedom, and we will not accept anything less than equality and freedom for all. Every person, regardless of the color of their skin or who they are or what they do, we all deserve freedom and equal opportunity. We can never provide equal outcomes. Equal mm -hmm. outcomes is a lie produced yep. by communism. Equal opportunity is a human right, and that's what we have to fight for. As we're doing this, it's half an hour away from our curfew. I have to be indoors 30 minutes from now. Does this does this make any sense to you, Thomas? It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, we had that for a while here. I mean, apparently uh, coronavirus is so brilliant that it knows when it's 9 o'clock or 10 <laughs> o'clock. So it, uh, it, it only attacks you after the hour of 9 p.m. or 10 p.m. or whatever it is. Um, it's a very smart disease, I guess. Uh, so... <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't know what it means for our public health people, how smart they are, but, you know, I, listen, this has been coordinated around the world, so we've mm. seen the same thing, right? Um, you guys are doing, doing the same thing. You probably have a public health dashboard created by the same people that says, you know, this area is red, this area is green mm. or whatever, um, because it's the same people coordinating it, and they're, they're sponsored by the same group of billionaires and the same communists and monsters and evil people that are out there trying to suppress freedom. This isn't about mm. health. Coronavirus can be dangerous and it can kill people, but take ivermectin, take hydroxychloroquine, yeah. take vitamin D and zinc. We know how to treat it. Early treatment is available on a global scale and it's not hard. And if you take it prophylactically, you don't get it. I've been doing speeches in front of thousands of people and I give hugs and shake hands and say thank you all through this entire thing. And guess what? I've been on ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine. I haven't even been able to get the sniffles. I haven't even, I've tried. I can't even get the sniffles. So, you know, I mean, there are things that we can do. It can be a dangerous disease. I've lost people close to me. It's a real disease. But guess what? We have the treatment. And it's not a jab that genetically alters your system. We don't mm. need that. This isn't about that. It's about freedom. It's about our right to choose what we do with our bodies and our health, and to say, no, it is not my responsibility to do this because the government says. Yeah. And by the way, we now know, even in America, our public health people, our, our government people came out and have admitted that the vaccine doesn't prevent the spread of illness. Mm. Well, why in God's name would you take it then? Why would I subject myself to an experiment if it's not even going to stop the spread? And so then now they're trying to claim, well, but it might reduce the symptoms. Well, we don't believe that either. If it reduced the symptoms, why are so many of the vaccinated in the hospital? Yeah, they lie about that in America, by the way. They're covering that up terribly. But we know from other countries that it's it's a majority of the people that are ill are, are already vaccinated. So in the United States, uh, the healthcare system used to be a lot of people who were doctors who would have their own practice and they take care of you. Uh, a few years back, President Obama passed a law, as in the U.S. it's called Obamacare, uh, and what it did was it consolidated our health care system. So now 
there are very few independent doctors now and nearly all doctors work for large institutional systems. This is in the United, in UK, you have all the doctors work for the public health system. So where control exists, it's very easy to do this. So what happens is, is most doctors aren't educated to what's truly happening. They don't actually give them the real information. They actually put out disinformation and lie to a lot of the doctors. That's why what you've seen in America is a lot of the doctors who are independent are speaking out and saying, no, this isn't safe, it's dangerous because they do their own research. Whereas the doctors who are working for the healthcare system, well, they're controlled. Mm -hmm. And they, they're told, here's what's happening, and if you question it, you're fired. So what's happening is it really depends on your own healthcare system. Now, I don't know whether South Africa has a, uh, a government healthcare system. Yeah. yeah, we've got both private and public. Well, the, it's very easy when there's a public health care system because what they've done is they've controlled the public health care system, so they've controlled the narrative. And so a lot of doctors are misinformed. And so some of these do there are a lot of good doctors in the United States that are good people, but they've been lied to. And, you know, they don't have the time or the effort or they don't want to lose their job. So they don't they don't question the narrative. In front of you, there's a crystal ball. Tell me, what do you see? I'm going to win. Um, I, I'm going to win. I'm going to win uh, my part. And whether I win because I did it or because someone else better than me does it, it's still, we're going to win. I'm not going to stop until I've won or I can't continue fighting. Um, and luckily at this point, if something happens where I'm unable, by the way, I'm a very happy, healthy man, so I don't know why I'd be unable. But... Uh, there's a lot of other people who I've, I've trained, I've given all my information. This fight will continue until we've won. We, the free people of this world, will not be subjugated. We won't. So we're going to win this. The question is how many die before we win it. And that's the scary thing. And the thing that, that may drives me to fight harder and faster is I don't want to know that someone else's father, mother, son, daughter died because we didn't fight as hard as we could. So we fight as hard as we can to save those lives. We'll win. The question is how fast. Thomas, you are an absolute gentleman and may I say a hero. I, I'm, I'm a dad and a husband and a Christian and I'm just doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And it's an honor to do it. And I'm gonna tell you that I am particularly honored to be talking to the people in Africa. Mm. Um, I view what's happened to Africa over the, the centuries as just criminal beyond words. The people, I mean, the people even today, we have experiments uh, going on in Africa. They experiment, they test on, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, I pray to God that the people, that the people listening to this will, will say no and they will take a stand and that they will, they will fight for their rights. We all all universally in every corner of this world deserve freedom my name is germ this is germ warfare the battle of ideas if you enjoyed this podcast please visit supportgerm.com